for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host, Spicy Madi, and joined with me on The Spicy Life in the G-Spot for today's episode, Can You Really Hypnotize a Lover? We have Jen Wilding, and the crowd goes wild. Ah. <laughs> she is a personal development coach and hypnosis practitioner based in Los Angeles. Her work has attracted the attention of celebrities in the acting, music, technology, and entertainment industries. She specializes in helping women to heal their hearts after a breakup and or attract love by addressing conflicts at the subconscious level. Jen is known for her unique method of Salcape method, okay, of scripting your life using the artistic components of character, plot, archetypes, and ensembles in addition to cutting edge mind behavior techniques. Prior to becoming a hypnotist, Jen worked as a professional matchmaker, hey, shout out to the matchmakers in Chicago, where she also did some personal matchmaking for producers of The Oprah Winfrey Show and for stars in the reality television series Starting Over. She is currently the author of Steal His Heart, which I'm plugging right here, Steal His Heart, Save Your Life. And this is for the Still Single Women's Guide to the Subconscious Art of Attracting a Man. Okay, love this title because this is one of the number one questions that I get. How do I win the guy? And so (laughs) I always warm up our guests with giving us a little bit of their naked truth. And so you're going to start off by telling me the S, which is self. Uh, When did you first fall in love with yourself? That's a good question. When did I first fall in love with myself? What was the moment in time? What happened to you to be to make you feel like, hmm, you know what? I really rock with me. I'm kind of dope. I'm amazing. So for me, when I think of that question, I think there was, I felt it early in childhood, mm. but then I fell out of it and then came back to it. I don't know if there's a specific age, but I really enjoyed uh, spending time in my own mind and in the imagination and thinking on things. Like I was just enamored with just thoughts I was having and not having any idea that I wouldn't be someone to be in love. I didn't, it, it wasn't a concept until maybe I got older and found many more reasons to question that. Mm. I don't know if you had that experience. I think all of us have, where we have this vivid imagination as a child and things, we have a pure heart, amazing spirit. And then time starts to, you know, and experiences start to crush that. And we lose, you know, (laughs) sight of, you know, that innocent like excitement and, you know, that passion for life because we we experienced rejection or there were things that hurt us. And so we take it personal and as a reflection of ourselves and then we as an adult, I think, have to then figure out how to reprogram all those years of you know baggage that you know store up and then figure out, okay, how can I love myself? Because I need other people to love me too. But more importantly, I need to love myself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember feeling like I wanted to be loved by other people in my life, like my parents. I really wanted to earn the respect of my father in particular. And that was the part of going through experiences of life where I felt a sense of disappointment Mm -hmm. and wanting to change that. And I think that may be where that falling out of love process may have happened. And then getting back into it was a long process. I don't know that it was a singular moment, but definitely through my work and getting to familiarize myself with the subconscious mind and really connect with a sense of we're all connected and we're all 
playing in life and this is fun and reconnecting with that spirit of life allowed me to really access that in myself. Mm. I don't know that it, I can think of a singular moment, but I will kind of chew on that for a bit. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so we want to get you thinking just like we do our audience as well. So within SPICY, okay, it's five questions I already asked yourself. Sure. So now the P, how did you discover your life's passion? Okay, so this is interesting. My, my life's passion is helping people through my work, which is related to right now kind of hypnosis and personal development stuff. But I actually came to that work. A lot of people ask, how, why did you become a hypnotist? I didn't even know that's a thing. Yeah. And my way of getting there was I first became enamored with acting. And I did this. This was in... Mostly, I did. I kind of played around with acting when I was really young, but it was high school for me. I had a really great drama teacher, and I learned acting method in high school, like method acting processes. Yeah. And it took me to another place of exploration of myself. And then what happened was I was kind of going through life, and I was doing other things. I was trying to make it as an actor in or actress in Chicago. And uh, I thought that's what I wanted. And then I started also doing personal development seminars that mm -hmm. were experiential. And I had this eureka moment where I realized I was using theater for therapy. Mm. And from that standpoint, it all became clear to me. It was just like, all fell into place. It's like, this is way more interesting right. to me than actually pursuing acting. What I was getting out of this was exploring facets of myself that I had been repressing from you know, insecurities mm. and getting to explore them. And that's why it feels so powerful to do it. And then in college, I had an experience where I was pursuing acting as a career and I had this moment where I realized that if you can create a character for the stage, then I was creating very confident characters that were without fear. Why can't I do that in life? Oh my gosh. And when I, that was like the most powerful Eureka moment right. for me. And it just, then when I was making the connection of, okay, what is this that I'm having fun with? What is this when it comes to experiential processes for personal development? And then looking into method acting and what that is and, and the personal development stuff I was doing and what the basis of that was, it kind of led me down a path to hypnosis and neuro-linguistic programming and learning about the subconscious mind and the power of emotions and imagination and wanting to just unpack that. Oh my gosh. So this is intense. So you realized in that journey, I should be in therapy. Like I should be actually practicing therapy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even so, I don't even call myself a therapist because I'm not a licensed. I'm a therapist. I am in the realm of self-development. Yeah. So that is very specific in that I'm working with well people, helping them get from point A to point B, where they want to go. Of course, they're dealing with a lot of very intense things. Yeah. And I'm teaching techniques. So I'm very much a teacher in that aspect, but. I love to introduce people to the work of play in their life and how you can do a process of co-creation for your life that 
is so powerful that it's like once you learn it, it's lifelong. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for, to yeah. hear about this. You're gonna have to tell us because it sounds already intense. It's I'm like you can tell skills. she was in theater and drama by the way that the buildup is. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're gonna give us the I in S P I C Y. So the I is for intimacy. What is your biggest turn on? Okay, intimacy. My biggest turn on. So um, I'm a sapiosexual. Ooh. And that is intellect. She really. loves to straddle your mind, folks. I am totally <laughs> into the mind. I am totally into stimulating conversation mm -hmm. that just lights me. Like people who are willing to go places that other people aren't willing to go. Mm. And also maintain a sense of openness about it. I really love that. Ooh. Okay, so she's getting wet just on this podcast right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know we're going to push the envelope. Okay, what's the biggest compliment you've ever received? So this is for SPICY. C is communication. So what has been communicated to you as the biggest compliment you've ever received? Mm. I had somebody tell me in a job I was working, just like an administrative job, she says, just observing you, she said, I would follow you to the end of the earth in a crisis. Oh my gosh. And I was, I never, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even sure I really wanted to be that person, mm -hmm. but I thought, wow, you really think a lot of me that you would yeah. stake like that, like a life or death situation on what I would decide. I, I didn't feel worthy of it necessarily, but <laughs> I thought that is a huge compliment and it, I just never had thought of myself that way before, but it stuck with me because then later I had it kind of echoed. Another girl had said, working with me, she said, I feel like bombs could go off in this office and you'd be perfectly fine. Oh, And it's not wow. that I would be fine that bombs are going off. It's really just that I'm the kind of person who, it's important to me to focus on what's important. Yeah to focus not on the problem, but on the solution. You're not gonna lose control. I'm not gonna lose control. Like I am kind of made for that. So you are who would be our team leader in the zombie apocalypse. Like we're huddling around you, eating where you tell us. So like. my husband and I <laughs> often talk about what's gonna happen with us in the zombie apocalypse. I think all couples need to have this conversation. These facts. And we kind of go back and forth as to how that's really gonna play out. But I really think that I would be the one who's more level-headed. I believe it, I believe it. Especially, is your husband saying that you would or that he would? Well, I think he's thinking that he's stronger than me oh, and see? that he might have the, the brawn like right. the, to, to lend to defense. But I feel like you, you have to be smart in where you're headed. You have to know where you want to go and get there fast. Yep. Unless they're like the World War Z zombies, which are really fast. And we have discussed <laughs> that too. Those you ones are pretty quick. I might just, yeah, I don't know if I can handle those. Because they're like, <laughs> they're like Olympic athletes. I love zombies. that you've broken it down with him on like which have, zombies you could defeat and which ones scenarios. you could defeat. Exactly. We've gone to many scenarios on that. We're walking dead fans over here, folks. I am. I am. <laughs> that I am. Okay. And then last one, the why is for the why in spicy. It's for yes. What is your biggest fear? What kind of took you like maybe the longest to say yes to in life? What were you afraid of? My biggest fear. Hmm. That's an interesting question. What has been my biggest fear to say yes to that took me the longest? You know, I think it's owning my expertise. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what like took me a long time to do because I was afraid I wouldn't, you know, there's so many people that I admire Yeah. Uh, to put myself out there. Like, you know, I'm an author and you know, I'm doing an interview like this. 
I work with clients and there's so many other people that I think in the self-help world that are just amazing at what they do. And it's sort of like, could I even stand among them? And I think how I overcame that was just really leaning into that we're all so different mm -hmm. that we need every facet of every person that's got something to give every out there. Gift. Every we gift. We need every gift out there. And so to just think of it as it's not about scarcity and there's only a few people designated. It is if you have the passion for it, you have something to offer. Yeah. I kind of think of it as um, as well, since we're like talking about your gift, we all kind of have these superpowers and some of us accept and embrace our superpowers where if you relate it to like, you know, Marvel and DC comics, it's always really not, you know, they start, the, the superhero starts off with not believing that they have these powers. So it takes them longer to save the world or to, you know, kill the bad guy. But if we all were to embrace our superpowers, we all could be saving the world potentially yeah. altogether, but only few, you know, far and few of us stand up and embrace it. Yeah, and knowing that it's an add-on. Yeah. It's not like an either-or thing. It's a yes and me. Yes, they're awesome. Yeah. And I, I will recommend them. And I have something to add. Yep. Uh, yep, exactly. And you do. Yeah, we all, we, are, we all do. Spicy piece of it as well. <laughs> we all do. Okay, so I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty with you because you're, what you do, your work, your mind, your book, everything is so fascinating when you were introduced to me from uh, Jennifer Lauren counseling, she had mentioned that you know, there's a, you know, a, a hypnosis that, um, or hypnotist that um, she thinks would be great for the show. And I'm like, oh my God, give her to me. Because this is a concept that one, we don't oftentimes know or haven't heard of it or even know if it's real, right? So that's yeah. why I, today's episode, I want you to give us the down low on can you, you know, really hypnotize someone? One, what is hypnosis? Yeah. And two, can you really hypnotize them? So are you holding the little glass clock in front of people? You know, that's what I envision, the necklace yeah, yeah. clock and making me fall asleep and forgetting who I am really quick for a second. Is, you know, break down hypnosis to me. Yeah, so, well, thanks for giving me the opportunity because a lot of people have misconceptions about hypnosis and there's definitely a Hollywood version of hypnosis. There is. <laughs> and there is also a difference between Although it is it is real in this capacity too, there's stage hypnosis and then there's hypnosis in the therapeutic sense. Although you know it's it's for for self development purposes because um, it's kind of an alternative modality, mm -hmm. right? So hypnosis is actually I'll give you the the hypnotist definition. It is two things. It is both the process of reaching the state of hypnosis. So like the act of doing it is mm -hmm. also called hypnosis because it gets kind of confusing, but hypnosis itself as a state is a heightened state of focus. Heightened state of focus, okay. Where you're so focused on something that other things could be going on, but you are not aware. And for the best examples that hypnotists give or that people can relate to are if you have the capacity to get lost in a good book or a good movie, mm -hmm. you have the capacity to be hypnotized. Or if I'm driving and I forget where I'm going and I, exactly. I'm like, oh, I lost my train If you're train driving of and you are thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner and you miss your exit, that's because you were focused in a way that you were hyper-focused and you just, you know, didn't, or, but amazingly didn't run off the road because that part of you is still online. Mm -hmm. So you don't lose control you just have a change of focus that's very heightened. Mm -hmm. The advantage in a self-development 
sense is that when you're looking to make a change in your life, that a lot of what stops you consistently from making changes is that you have, you're operating in a state of mind where the brain waves are active in a sense that your critical factor is chiming in and talking you out of doing a lot of things. Mm. It's, it's shaping your perception in a way that you are missing opportunities. You are dogging on yourself. You mm -hmm. are doing a lot of things. Whereas when you're in it, that beautiful, lovely trance state where you're just, it's like almost like a lucid dream state mm -hmm. where you're just having an experience and you're thinking about what you want to happen or what you yeah. want to do and what you love to do. That is a, such a beautiful state. It's what people even achieve through meditation a lot. It's very similar to meditation in that it's a non-resistant state. And the critical chatter is gone. Oh my gosh. Do you know how much that would save all of our lives? Exactly. If we operated in that place. It is worth learning. <laughs> Self-hypnosis is worth learning. If you've ever seen a stage hypnotist, one thing they do is, first of all, that's a big question that people have. Like if, if they've seen somebody pull people up on stage yep. and they're doing silly things, the question is, bark is like that a dog. real? Yeah. yeah. Have a baby, bark like a dog, whatever. <laughs> right. So people can get, and what's amazing is if you're in the audience and you know the people up there, you know it's real because you know that person would not do that mm. if they were not in that state. Mm -hmm. But if you're just watching a video or something, you might think those people are faking it. Yeah. And the difference is, is that First of all, what happened before maybe the camera was rolling, or you're there as part of this, but you're not really considering it as much, is there is a vetting process prior to pulling people up on stage. It is figuring out, let's do some stuff as a group, and who's okay to really give their mind over to these exercises in a playful way. Uh, so we're so, kind of doing a focus group first to see who exactly, the best person to pull. Exactly, and then they're eyeballing who is playing and is okay with it because they really don't want, like the goal of this is not to humiliate people. Yeah. It is really to just only invite people who want to have the experience. And that's number one with hypnosis. So if, you, if the question is, can you hypnotize somebody that doesn't want to be hypnotized? Well, there are some ways in, but generally speaking from a stage standpoint or a therapeutic standpoint, no, because they're not gonna engage in the exercises. Yeah. So you have to be willing to engage. There's already in the some exercises. blockage right there. Yeah. yeah. Now there are people who are con artists who use techniques to get into your subconscious mind, but what's at play there that's negative isn't the hypnosis part; it's the conning part. It's that they're inauthentic in what they're doing. Mm. Um, your even though your critical factor may not be online, in the same way that when you're driving, you don't go off the road. The part of you that's in self-preservation mode is always there. So you would never have to worry about something happening to you as a result of being hypnotized mm -hmm. that you would not want because you'd immediately pop out of it. Oh, okay. So if a, like in that car example, because many people are familiar with that, if you're in that nice trancey state and you're thinking about something, you know, you're driving, but you're not really conscious of what you're doing because you're in your mind somewhere else. You've done it so many times. If a car were to stop right in front of you suddenly, you would immediately have a, a different, you'd pull yourself yeah. out of that and have Slam a on your brakes. Yeah, That part of you is always online. So yeah. that's why hy hypnosis is relatively a safe thing. It's just you want to engage it, your mind in a way that you're doing something productive with that. 
Now, you made reference earlier, though, to like this acting method related to yeah. the hypnosis. So is that what you, are you training someone to be a different version of themselves, a different character, like live this alternate life for that moment while they're hypnotized? It's actually so the difference between I want you to think about the difference between a good actor and a bad actor okay. that you've seen. If you yeah, can bring to we've mind. We've seen them, yes. <laughs> Lots one, of them in one LA One of them too. looks like they're just pretending. Mm. And the other one looks like they're, they are freaking living all that in. moment. They are all in, they're having the emotions. Their body is reacting as if it's happening. So that is an actor who is probably using a method acting process because their physiology is listening to that being a real experience, even though they know it's not real. And in order to get that result, they have to do a hypnotic process. What's interesting is I, I trained as an actor and never once was it mentioned to me that that was a hypnosis process, mm -hmm. never once. Uh, maybe because people kind of get, you know, ooh, that's kind of, kind of creepy yeah. and scary. I don't know if I'm gonna do that if it's hypnosis. Well, okay, so now that I know what it is, it's, 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 it's that much more fun to consider that, okay, if I was, we, we really know it well because when we worry, we're also uh, using our mind in a way that we can trance out and have a heightened state of focus on all the things we think that are gonna go wrong. And if we're talking about relationships, it might be on the date. We're going there in our mind. We're now creating a body chemistry that makes us in, in the worst possible state to be our best self. Yep. Yep. We, we're now in a place where we're only going to notice negative things. Right. We're, we're only gonna going to notice. Into it. Yep. Yeah. You know, positive things could happen. Opportunities could happen. Fun things could happen all around you. But you wouldn't even notice it because you're training your mind in the, those moments of the heightened state of focus on neg negativity or just having it not work out or rejection, what you're fearing everything starts to line up with that. You even start to feel like people in the restaurant are rejecting you. Like, I mean, you can actually go there in the mind and that's the power of the mind. So it's really important to be aware of how your thoughts create your state, mm -hmm. what your state is. And that's kind of the crux of it. Um, so yes, everyone who has the ability to focus like that can be hypnotized. But what you're saying though plays into the, and I think I just posted this recently on <laughs> my Instagram though, uh, we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. And mm -hmm. so that's yes. also to this alternate perspective of, you know, based on like the state that we're in, you know, how our environment, you know, that experience is now going and someone can have a completely different experience because they're in a different mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all in different realities all the time based on our state. And even memory is based on our emotional state. Oh, absolutely. So that's how important it is. And uh, when you are in a certain state, you're just more as accessible to you, mm -hmm. including, you know, that's why it's important to understand that is you want to be in a state, if you're looking for love, that allows you to access love yeah. when it's in front of you, when it's happening. Uh, whether it's with a person you're on a date with or whether it's observing a couple that is having a beautiful moment together, you don't want to be in a state of, well, you know, lucky for her, you know. <laughs> uh, and Or, of course, like she gets to have that experience, but, you know, if, you know I don't have... If you start focusing on lack, you're now going to see lack everywhere mm -hmm. and you won't even 
notice the guy if he's right in front of you. Oh my gosh, that happens so often. Yeah, if we only knew how many potential opportunities were missed for amazing relationships just because of the state of mind we were in. Well, we have our blinders on and sometimes we're even getting out of a bad relationship and you know, it's what we call baggage where we're going into this next experience, not having fully processed the previous one or yeah. understanding or having learned from that. And now going into this new one thinking that the same thing is gonna happen to us. You know, what's the point? Or now we're reacting to previous things in a previous relationship in this current relationship that may not even be happening. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's really based on, you know, these experiences and our, you know, perception of it. Um, and like, to your point, doing the work, you know, so that we don't repeat this, so that we, you know, can see from this different lens. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about your book though, because Steal His Heart, Save Your Life. Is the hypnotism in here? Are there references to that? Or is this there touching on- There are exercises in there that will help you get in a state to receive love. So there are processes that will help create a state. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, yes. So I'm not necessarily mesmerizing someone. It's actual internal work that I would be doing in order to attract this person. Well, there's a couple of things in the book that I'm addressing. Uh, it's definitely your state is part of it. But there's also understanding how and why other people are having an experience the way they're having it. So also in the book is a discussion of why a man may be behaving the way he's behaving mm -hmm. so that you can get a little bit of insight into reading someone's subconscious. And the kind of default we have is to assume that everyone thinks the way that we do. Yeah. So I offer options of based on culture and what is more common and the differences in gender and uh, orientations of even backgrounds that people have had, what they may really mean when they do something. And you used to be a professional matchmaker as well. Was it some of your observations that you were seeing and people missing the mark of, you know, why maybe your, the matches weren't working out or why people weren't finding love, you know, those who were unsuccessful in their relationships? Is that what some of this is speaking to kind of based on your own case studies? Yeah, so I didn't figure out the love piece of it while I was a matchmaker. I only figured out more problems. Mm. And then I found more of the solution on on the learning more about hypnosis and the subconscious mind side. However, it's useful to have that awareness of how men and women are approaching dating differently. Yeah. And having those things in mind are useful when you are trying to create a circumstance of cultivating love. Yeah. One of the things that I go over is that, you know, what I learned was our, so I, I already know our, our story about our life that is in our imagination that we start building since childhood is there underlying all of our decisions ultimately. Absolutely. And that's the subconscious piece of us that we don't visit all the time. But one thing you can know if, when I bring this up, people can relate to it instantly, is if you think about your fantasy as part of that story of how you meet your mate, mm -hmm. 
almost no one's fantasy includes through a matchmaking service <laughs> or, or through a matchmaker. And I Absolutely. say no one has a fantasy that they meet their mate through a vending machine, which right. is kind of like it becomes where the awkward thing about and, and don't get me wrong, like I love the um, the goal of matchmaker matchmaking to help people find love. Yeah. It is super challenging because of this. And essentially the weird thing about the industry is that the people are the product. People are, yes, my product. That's exactly how I reference it. Yeah, so the, the thing is both the customer and the person, like uh, it's like the customer th themselves becomes also part of the product mm -hmm. because when you're making a match, it's two people. Right. And it's almost, are, are you marketable? Can I sell you? Because that's yeah. essentially what I feel like. So people have to now think in terms of themselves as a product and marketability. And, and it takes an, a whole way, a whole detour now from the romantic story that is in the subconscious oh, yeah, that the is driving that behavior. They want. So yeah. now they've got two different things going on. They've got the subconscious story of what they really want and dream. And then they're having instructions of thinking, this is the way I now need to go. And it's amazing that, it's pretty, or not so amazing, amazing I should say, <laughs> that that doesn't go easily. It doesn't. And I think that's too why I'm starting to see a lot of my peers in the matchmaking industry starting to incorporate the coaching component. Absolutely. Because I think what we found was we have these spicy senses. That's what I call it. My spicy sense where my radar goes off when there's a connection, when I meet someone or cross paths with someone whose vibration or energy is in alignment with someone else who I know, whether it's a client or somebody else that I think they're just destined to meet and should be in each other's lives. I think you two would be compatible. Now, when I put you two together, right, and you don't hit it off, I started to see, okay, I, it's not my superpowers that aren't the problem. It is what this person is coming with and what this person is coming with and the limiting beliefs that they may have or their self-esteem or whatever issues that they may be bringing into the relationship. But I'm being faulted for the, not making the connection, right? Right. Where if they were level-headed and they were whole and healthy or at least mm -hmm. um, in the right state of mind and this other person was they would be able to be each other's purpose mate and potentially sharpen one another, potentially live this long fulfilling life that I dreamed in my own head yeah. of what it could be, right? And so there, that's when we had to incorporate and I had to, and I see a lot, a lot of other coaches doing this, the process of, which I call SPICY, where I'm going in and based on your passions, based on yourself, based on your intimacy, your ability to communicate, now coaching you so that when I set you up with that person, you don't fuck it up. Yeah. And it is challenging because I just want to I just want to introduce you to the love of your life. Yeah. But you're not ready for the love of your life when you come to me. So that's when we have to do the work. Absolutely. Every I will say if you're in matchmaking long enough, everyone will come to that same conclusion, yeah. like you're saying. And it's smart that you've already like you're there and you're like realizing that piece cannot be missed. But it's also not the selling piece of your business. Like if you mark just like so my title my book here steal his heart save your life mm -hmm. and then in parentheses just not in that order the still single woman's guide to the subconscious art of attracting a man now the reason i did that mm -hmm. even though this is really a self-empowerment book for mm -hmm. women okay is that no woman who wants to attract a man is looking for a self-empowerment book she's yeah. looking for a how to get the guy get the guy book yep 
So that's the same with a matchmaker is that, and the thing is nobody can, nobody should fault you for that because it is the way. It is absolutely the way is to get your shit in order. Yep. Is to get, is, and it's not even about just self-love. It's also about learning about relating better. Yeah. Interpersonal development. Interpersonal. Interpersonal relationships. It's all about that. And it's, and the thing is almost every woman, there are a lot of smart women that are having trouble getting a guy. And that's the reason why I wrote the book is because I felt like I was one of them when I was having that issue. Mm. I, I, I didn't feel like I was having a problem attracting men mm -hmm. or even finding guys that I was attracted to. The mm -hmm. problem was that really nice stickiness where this is gonna be a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I had a lot to offer it wasn't in my mind a self-esteem issue or anything. So I wasn't looking for those resources. So you kind of have to find a back door in mm. and then the goodies are also in there as far as, okay, you want to know what really attracts people to love? This will make complete sense is that when you are able to embody love, people will want to be with you. Yeah. But how do you get there from where you are if you're focused on how, how it sucks to be single, or you're focused on how shitty your job is, or you're focused, if your focus is there, then you're not attractive energetically. Yeah. So you want to make it your business to get your inner business in line. And so you are essentially telling us, or you're, you're marketing it as, this is going to help you find love, but really I'm going to fix your freaking life first <laughs> and, it's more and this you will way. find love from that. It's more Genius. this way. It's not that you need to be fixed as much as there's a part of you that you just haven't unpacked yeah. yet that I'm going to help you unpack because you thought you had everything covered and you did so diligently because you read all the magazines and you read, you know, you're on the YouTube videos and you're like, what can I text him? And when should I text him and when should I sleep with him and all this and you're you're there mm -hmm. but you haven't unpacked this piece yet and this is the piece that if you don't have the, these pieces in place these subconscious pieces yeah knowing yourself having an understanding of how other people are relating in the world to each other including men including maybe the guy you're with it doesn't matter if you're doing those other things right because they, will they don't have that element because they don't have that element behind it we attract our best partner when we're at um, a, a place where we have the energy, where we're yep. our best self. And what happens is when we are in problematic relationships, our partner becomes our guru. Is there, they're our mirror. Mm -hmm. So whatever is going on with that relationship, you should start viewing it as information yep. of why did I attract this? Instead of making it his fault, start considering why did I attract this? And it doesn't make you wrong. It's, it's just an informational inquiry. Or what is it about me that wants this? Why did I choose this exactly. even? Because it, that's something internal within that is asking for that. Why did I pick the bad boy? Yeah. Why did I pick the guy who's a player? Why me? Why am I really wondering you know, when he's gonna call again? And there are answers to that at the subconscious level that when you get that orientation for yourself and you have those eureka moments you're like aha now i know 
the, the orientation then is not to beat up on yourself, but really to just say, wow, that's information for me. And to understand that it's natural, that this is part of the growth process. Yeah. And every th when you're doing that, as long as you're looking for that, all of your relationships will be stair-stepping, which means every one that you have is gonna be better than the last. Oh, absolutely. You're never gonna go backwards as long as you're looking at yourself and asking these questions. Right, really quick, it is time for us to show love to our spicy sponsor. You guys, it is a well-known fact that my life is crazy and my time management is on my vision board, right? It is a goal. <laughs> I don't always have time to eat a balanced meal, which is why Daily Harvest has been a miracle meal for me. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner are all nourishing and make me feel and look good too because Lord knows I'm obsessed with trying to lose some weight. But my spicy life has been completely transformed ever since I started getting Daily Harvest. It's ready in five minutes max and I have a real organic fruit and vegetable experience before I ever even finish my morning coffee. Daily Harvest delivers carefully sourced, chef-crafted smoothies, savory, delicious bowls, overnight oats, and more built on fruits and vegetables. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to eat it. Choose from more than 50 nourishing options for any time of day. Ready to blend smoothies, savory harvest bowls, soups, and so much more. The harvest bowls are my absolute favorite because they just take like one step to prepare. You just add water and you can make it either a smoothie or hot like how I like it. And the harvest bowl with broccoli rice and zeal pilaf is to die for, okay? <laughs> I eat it for dinner because it feels like a cheat meal, but with like way less carbs. And I'm really being healthy. So all of Daily Harvest ingredients are carefully sourced for maximum nourishment and flavor. Ooh, we like that. It's spicy. You can actually see all of the ingredients when you open up the cup. And Daily Harvest is the easiest, most delicious way to load up your fruits and veggies first thing in the morning or before bed and anytime in between. You guys go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code SPICYLIFE to get three cups free in your first box. I said that's promo code SPICYLIFE for three free Daily Harvest cups at dailyharvest.com, daily-harvest.com. Once again, the promo code is S-P-I-C-Y-L-I-F-E. That's spicy life to get your three cups free in your first box. What's greater than finding a gas station in the middle of nowhere? Knowing that less trips to the pump means less creepy encounters thanks to your all-new 2020 Corolla Hybrid. The first-ever Corolla Hybrid with up to 53 city EPA-estimated MPG is a game-changer. With standard features like sport mode, honeycomb mesh grille, and an 8-inch touchscreen display, it's more than just another hybrid. The Toyota Corolla Hybrid is sleek, fun to drive, and greater than ever. 2020 Corolla Hybrid EPA 53 city, 52 highway, 52 combined MPG estimates. Actual mileage will vary. And so when it comes to, you know, the common mistakes that we make in our dating life as, and we'll use, use women for, you know, example, we have a large female audience, but uh, men listen as well. What is the most common dating mistake that we make when we're in the process? Like when we think we're ready, we think we're, you know, I got it going on, I'm the whole package. What am I forgetting? What am I leaving, you know, in, at my house when I'm, you know, stepping out with this person What's the common mistake that we're making in our dating that screws up the relationship and him not calling us back or him not wanting us or her not wanting us? I can think of about three. Oh, give <laughs> but, me all three. Okay, yeah, so first of all, and I, I think I saw an Instagram post that you did that's similar to this. And this is something that I came up, a conclusion I came to doing matchmaking is that men and women approach dating differently mm. in that when you're talking about a first meeting, if women like to be in crowds mm -hmm. and men like to get time alone with you and the, and ha 
allowing that process to happen yeah. would help along the times where you know that, like we were just referencing, where the energy of the guy is right, it just didn't work out. Uh, sometimes in a matchmaking scenario, that's because both of them are so uh, aware mm -hmm. that they're trying to make it work. So that's one piece of that. But as far as just general, not using a matchmaker, just going out and trying to date, you want to be in an environment where you're allowing him to have one-on-one -on -one time with you mm -hmm. because men start to consider the competition in the room and it takes their focus away from even being their best self. Competition for them or competition with you and other women? Either one. Mm. It could be you and other women, but here's the thing. This goes to the guy's subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. If you think about what it's like to be a man where the expectation is that he's gonna pursue you. Like mm -hmm. if it's an environment where he's gonna come up and pursue you. If you're in a group of women, he's less likely to because there's the run through his mind where if I get rejected by her and we're alone, I'm rejected by one woman. Right. And then he runs through his mind. If I go up to her in a group and I get, and I, you know, try to get an in and I'm rejected by her, I'm now rejected by five I'm women. I'm publicly humiliated. I'm now publicly <laughs> humiliated. So what do you think the odds are that he's going to? Right. So make it easy for him, ladies. It's like recognize, like make the eye contact and play with flirting. Yeah, get and, up, go and get a also drink, refill, something. Be, be okay <laughs> if he's in a relationship or not, just play. Get in your sense of love and play because you can even still embody love just in a moment. Mm -hmm. You don't have to make a relationship with any with everybody. You could see the hot guy and even have a flirtatious moment and he could even be in a relationship. It could just be, oh, we notice each other. And you can still have a sense of receiving love and appreciation from that. And that energy from just that little exchange mm -hmm. brings, brings the next guy that is available. Yeah. And he's attracted to you now because you are a, a woman who's embodying love that he can now see, like, I wanna be with that. Yeah. Like, that's somebody I, that's the energy I wanna be around. And to, to the, what you just mentioned, just about making like the eye contact, which, you know, is a part of you exercising communication through your body language, you need to practice flirting. Even if you're not, you don't have to be necessarily interested in every single person, but the art of actually flirting, people get in their head, they don't do it. They, they may actually like someone and look away. So even if you just practice, okay, what is this, you know, art of seduction? What is the art of enticing? You know, is there a look that I can give? What works for me? What doesn't? What, you know, makes him come up? What doesn't? It gets you more confident as you go out and you do run into that person who you actually I mean, like. let's be honest. We want the smart guy who can take control and pursue us in the way we want to be pursued. Mm -hmm. However, that smart guy is sorting for women in the room that are his best choice. Yep. So if you take yourself out of the sorting by averting your eyes in shyness, that to him takes you off the table because he's reading that as your subconscious cue that you're not available or not interested, even if you are. So does that speak to playing hard to get? Does playing the hard to get role actually backfire? It can, it can. I mean, the thing is, uh, playing hard to get, there's a positive reason why people have suggested that. Mm -hmm because what they're trying to do with that suggestion is get you to stop focus on getting him. Mm -hmm. But the better focus is to have some uh, a playful flirtation in your mind that's like, I love that you might be the right partner for me. 
love that. I love that you might you might be, but the key word is might be. Right, might be. And and have that be authentic because if you are a smart woman who has boundaries and is not just a desperate looking for any man, yeah. you want a particular guy, you're just meeting this guy, you don't know him yet. Right. He's a He's stranger. A might be. He He's is a, a stranger might be. and he <laughs> He knows that the woman who's a catch is going to be vetting in this way. And that's attractive. Yeah. Because now you know you're a catch. And now he can see, oh, I'm being vetted. And they want to be vetted. Because mm -hmm. if you aren't vetting, they already know you're desperate. Right. And now you're off the table as a catch. Yep. And so what about this whole, you know, not just flirting with the person who you want, but also the, well, if he doesn't want me or... I'm sorry, if he doesn't come up to me, that means he doesn't want me bad enough. There's this, no, we have convinced ourselves too that every single person who comes up to us or that the man that we're supposed to be with is an extreme extrovert. What about the introvert guy who maybe raised a little bit more conservative or who, you know, his mom taught him, you know, be polite, you know, you know, don't speak to people unless, you know, spoken to, like he may be that personality type or may not even feel like, you know, we had just said comfortable in that environment. What about going up to him? What about us going up to him? That can work and has worked, but here's something you have to understand is that in a woman's subconscious fantasy, there's a certain kind of guy that she wants. Our hero is riding up to us. he is riding up to <laughs> us. So the way to really play that, to maybe, like, here's the deal, do you really, I think that's that kind of mindset, I understand it. It's from women who feel like I haven't had luck with men. So instead of, of banking on attracting the right one who's gonna be my knight in shining armor, because that's not realistic, right? I, I'm not gonna attract that. What I need to do is now find one that's good enough and then shape him into that. Mm. That's that woman's thought. She thinks, if I go up to him and make it really easy, I'll say this, separate yourself and do some flirting, but only have it be the window. And if he doesn't take the bait, then don't just take it as is. He wasn't your guy. Uh, but you can, you can give opportunities, but let him still be the, be the driver. Mm -hmm. So if he does not, if he's not hunting or if he's not, you know, feeling like he's, if, if yeah. he's not coming up to you, you believe that you should let it go. Not I, I would say this, be real with your own expectation of the man that you want because it's how you're going to be measuring him going forward. You can't then resent it if you have to do that every time because you have initiated a circumstance where a gentleman, now sometimes a guy is more likely if he knows you're interested first, but that's just with the flirting. Like yeah. You can flirt, but I would say flirt, but don't pursue. Mm -hmm. Let him be the pursuer because that's really in his fantasy what he wants to be. And that, that's where the two fantasies line up subconsciously. So you want to create a scenario where even if he's that guy and you like, you might even be attracted to the fact that he's not the player type. You're so used to players. You're like, you'd rather have the guy that's a little shy. Then at least create the opportunity that gives him a window to take the reins, mm -hmm. to let him know fairly definitively that you'd be open to that. And so, okay, so to uh, debate a little bit with you on that, yeah. I come from a place of go after what you want, right? Yeah. 
I understand the romance fantasy in our head. We want him to come up to us. But not every situation, not every concert, not every fair, not every environment is conducive to that. Mm -hmm. Going up and striking a conversation so that you guys can at least see if there's like somewhat of a sparker chemistry. Start the flirt. Yeah. And, 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 and I flirt. consider that a, a part of the flirt. You don't necessarily need to be the person saying like, let me take you out tomorrow. But I feel like you do not need to be afraid to go up to him just in case maybe he didn't see you. Maybe you did try to make eye, eye contact and you know, he's in his head thinking about having to you know, do his taxes tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whatever may be going on in his mind, I am pro approaching a man and striking conversation and even seeing if like the person you fantasize about when you leave the restaurant or the venue is even what his personality was in alignment with, yeah. with what you fantasized about. Cause yeah. he may be a douchebag when you go up and speak to him. Yeah. But at least now you know in your head you weren't rejected. It didn't mean because he never went up to you that you weren't attractive or you weren't, you know, good enough or he didn't desire you. Now you know for a fact based on, you know, the personality or the energy that you were able to fill out. So let's, let me put it this way. If your pursuit is to get to know him, go for it. If your pursuit is to lead the dating action, I would say, let him do it. Create the circumstance that can make it easy for him. But if it's leading the dating action, mm -hmm. you can give uh, opportunities. Like there, it may be that like you have an extra concert ticket and you're like that, but have it be that you're, that I would say maintain for you the idea that every move you're making is just for a get to know him better. Yeah. And you're just vetting. Just vetting. Just vetting. I like keeping that in Yeah. So you can do because, that. Yeah, I like and that. So that may be the distinction is that you can still make those moves, but make them be moves where you're vetting and really be vetting. Because where women go sideways is they go from zero to 60 mm -hmm. in making that guy the man. Right, real quick when they haven't even checked in with how he makes them feel when they're together because she's already written the script for the both of them. Absolutely, yep. So the other thing that when you initially were like, what are some mistakes? The other thing I hadn't, haven't mentioned yet is mistaking too much vulnerability early on for intimacy. Mm. Speak to that a little bit because we, you know, we want those moments of intimacy. We want to, you we know, do. we want to feel like we're close to them because they revealed. I had a, I had to come to terms with at a time where I was trying different things when I was dating and it wasn't going well. But I had been told by some guys that well, you're too closed off. So then I went the opposite end of the spectrum, and the next guy got my entire life story before we <laughs> even got our meal. And I thought, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm being vulnerable. And I mean, right. I'm even showing him how open. <laughs> I'm not this, because I'm, I'm a driven gal, but I didn't want that to be a, a negative thing. So I was showing, I was even t telling stories about things that have happened to me that where I had encountered crazy people. And I felt, uh, you know, that all these different moments where I was kind of sharing with him vulnerable moments, mm -hmm. but it was all in like a single conversation. <laughs> and then I realized I'm that girl. I am that later, of course, when it didn't work out. We might've had one other date after that, but it, it soon dissolved. And I was able, when I had more information later to look back on that and say, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I was mistaking that for intimacy and intimacy isn't really 
about having somebody know you necessarily in all of your vulnerable parts, although that, that does happen in an extended relationship. And it's, it, it's really nice that somebody can know you in that way, but it's also allowing him to be known. Yeah. It's, it's almost more instead of like putting all your garbage out there and thinking, this is me, you know, I'm being vulnerable with you. It, now I realize I was the crazy girl because what, when, when somebody, and you probably even have that friend where you know, like their drama is all around their life. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know why this happens to me, but you realize it's because there's a reason why they're attracting drama into their life yeah. is because you can kind of see that they're kind of a mess about, they haven't quite gotten their own purpose and life and stuff settled. And it's reflected in everything that's mirrored to them. So I, in effect, like that guy ran for the hills as he should have. Yeah, you scared him off. <laughs> I scared him off. And that is Telling something women do. So when we get into, you know, should I pursue him? I, I would always want women to just be aware, you know, when I'm advising and they're like, you know, how much should I reveal? Well, you know, it's hard to say be natural when somebody's nervous and doesn't, you know, I don't know what what's natural, right? But maybe ask more questions than things you reveal. And then when you reveal, give honest answers. Yeah. But don't make it a soap opera. Like I think that's a great tip right there, a spicy tip. Uh, I want to add on top of that, that share, they may not be as open as you are and maybe you're experimenting with your sharing because maybe you, you, know, you struggle with intimacy as well. Share, see how they respond to your vulnerability. Yeah. If they offer, if they don't offer, how do they respond to you asking for it in return? If you know, I, you know, I, if I say to you, you know, I lost a parent, uh, and you don't respond to that, <laughs> then that lets right. me know you don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. But then if I share with that with you with that, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's incredible. I too, or you know, I've never lost anybody, but you know, it, it's you know, listen to how they're communicating with you, and if they don't necessarily give you that, you know, feedback maybe that you wanted, or you know, making you feel as if they're as transparent, you can, you know, continue like to your point, ask questions of, you know, what was your experience with, you know, X, Y, and Z, or how did, you know, it make you feel like doing more probing to see too where their comfort level is also yeah. too lets you know where your comfort level should be with them. I like that. I like that as part of the vetting process. Yeah. All this is vetting. All this is vetting. <laughs> We're just going to keep reiterating vetting, vetting, vetting. <laughs> yeah. Because I think some people get so enamored with just I want to be in a relationship that they forget that you really don't want to be in a relationship. You want to be in the relationship. The relationship. And the relationship requires vetting. Mm -hmm. And if you're not vetting, and, and it's a scarcity mindset that brings that lack of vetting. Yeah. Because people are like, I so want him to work. He just looks so hot. And I just want, you know, I, he, and I just really like the way, you know, he touches me and I really, you know, there's really spicy when we're together. All that, all that. And so you <laughs> sometimes have to be careful of filling in the other gaps, but you're right. If you're, if you're sharing something and he doesn't ask questions or show an interest in your emotions, then understand you may be getting information about the kind of person you would be in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. It's insight. It's insight. Yeah. Take it as true insight. Some women will rationalize it you don't have to like cut him off immediately there, but notice when it starts to become a pattern mm -hmm. and really get back in touch with the the question, like is, is that the kind of relationship you are willing to have? Well, 
that too becomes hard because we're oftentimes reminded a lot of men don't operate from a place of or having experience with emotional intelligence. So is that something that we should be open to teaching or trying to bring them through or, you know, trying to convince them of, you know, are we like leaving books at their house? I mean, (laughs) you know, because then that, then we start to believe it becomes very limited in who can actually connect with our emotions as women. So I'm kind of of this belief that that you attract a mirror of who you are. And mm-hmm. if you're someone who does a lot of self-inquiry, I think you're way more likely to attract a partner who is similar mm-hmm. or open to that. Okay. So I think that uh, I would want to leave the door open for that he may be more... I don't want to make an assumption that because he's a man, he doesn't. But of course, there are definitely cultural impl- implications for men where they're not encouraged yeah. in that way. I would say this, if you end up falling for a guy who you have a great time with and everything is good, except he's not always the person you can lean on, just understand that also your partner isn't really supposed to fulfill your every need. Yeah, that That's what girlfriends are for. Yep. But there is gonna be that line of, is he still concerned about my well-being? Mm-hmm. Like, how does he show that? Is the way that he shows that, um, is his way of dealing with my sadness that he notices that I need uh, help with things and he starts taking, you know, doing more acts of service. Yeah, to, he starts fulfilling a love know, language. Is he fulfilling it yeah. in a love language in a different way? And then you can just reorient to that's his way. To just be open to... His way of supporting you may not be the way your girlfriend supports you, but you do want to have a partner who's supportive. Right. And to check in with that, that's a vetting thing. And is it okay if the way that he supports you is his way? Because oftentimes we want to write you off because, well, I don't like that, you know, you support me like this. You know, I do want it like my girlfriend's. He's off the table because he didn't do what I expected him to do or what I would have done in that situation. I mean, I think that could come down to personal preference. I mean, if that's so important to you, it's a deal breaker, then you should leave the door open Mm -hmm. for someone else because there's no sense in holding him to an expectation that is not who he is. Yeah, that he's incapable of Now you're inauthentic (laughs) in the relationship, so it's not an ideal match for either of you. So it's really getting in touch with where, you know, what you're willing to accept that is still an add-on for your life. And the goal isn't to just be in a relationship. The goal should really be, I want to love my life and... Him fit into it amazingly. And him fit into yeah. it amazingly. Absolutely. That's why passion is so important. What are you passionate about? Are you fulfilling those passions? Uh, so before I let you go, because you're giving us so much like gems, this, and I'm still mispronouncing this, Silcape. 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 This method... Speak more yeah. about this method. This is, can, and can I apply this in my relationship? When I, can I apply this in my dating life? Can I apply this? Is this all encompassing everything that you're telling us or is this something very separate and specific? So, so Cape method is my way of working with clients when they work with me. It is, I'm gonna take them through a, a certain, certain areas that we're gonna work on. It's actually an acronym for scripting your life, character, archetypes, plot, and ensemble. And so the character piece is we're gonna be working on 
who you are as an individual and really defining that. The archetype piece is understanding that we have this subconscious connection to character and story that are almost universal, that are at play in the way that we extract meaning from mm -hmm. our life and getting a better understanding of that and knowing what archetypes are are going on in our life. Mm -hmm. We have kind of, we're not any singular archetype. It's not like an astrology sign or something. Yeah, It's more like there's a group of archetypes that are at play in your life that if you got familiar with them, you could really hone in on what your strengths and weaknesses are. Mm. And you can work within those in a really beautiful, insightful way for your subconscious. Uh, the plot piece of it is sort of how you're orienting the script of your life, how you're actually scripting your thoughts and writing the story. Uh, are you consciously doing that? Mm -hmm. The ensemble piece of it is how does this relate to others? This is the relationship piece of it. How can I now interpret what he's doing from, like, what am I getting from his subconscious that he's saying this, that he's doing this? And how does that play for interaction? Um, so when I'm working with somebody on love, I would take them through those processes and it involves um, hypnosis and coaching and things like that. And I also work with people on, on other things too. Love is uh, one area that I kind of got popular in because I got amazing referrals from women word of mouth mm -hmm. on that in particular. It was like, oh, you're heartbroken. You need to go see. Yeah, Jack. I was just going to say that women going through, I'm sure breakups are probably like hip, hypnotize me out of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're in a breakup, you're very hypnotized. We can actually be addicted to people. So you're kind of one th things that hypnotists work with are addictions and fears. So both of those are at play when you're heartbroken because you're getting out of an addiction to a person. Yeah. It's really what you're experiencing withdrawal. It's a real thing. And then also uh, addressing the underly underlying fears of, you know, it's so devastating when you're in a, in a mindset of, of scarcity of available men that would understand you and of, of a scarcity of love and are you lovable? And those kind of fears come into play and those are, fears that underlie all of your life until you really get a handle on them. Did you have to, I love this method, by the way, did you have to use it or did you use it on attracting your mate? How did you and your husband meet and did you use this method on him? Yeah, so we, um, I only got married recently, by the way. Congratulations, Thanks. we have a newlywed in the house. Yes, newly married. Um, last month we got married. Oh my God, that's okay. In I Wales. thought you meant like within the last no, five years. Married, but we newly were together married. For, Congratulations. We've been together for nine years. Okay, got it. And then I will say within that, we even had times where we weren't together, but breaks. Mm -hmm. But what we, it's like having multiple relationships with different people, but it's really the same person. I don't know if you that guys makes are sense. growing within We're, this time exactly. period. Yeah. So by the time we got married, we, we had already lasted longer than other people's marriages had lasted. So, you know, nine years into yeah, a relationship, that's true. we're now getting married. We feel Great pretty point. solid that way. How we met, I wasn't doing Sokape method yet. Uh, so what I, but I was figuring out these for myself. So the elements are there. The eureka moments are there that happened for me. The, the method of working with other women came later. Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, while I was in a relationship with him, 
but uh, definitely I would say, uh, so yeah, that would have been more the last like seven years. How did you guys initially meet though? Through a friend, through a matchmaker, through? We met uh, online. Oh, see? But not through a dating service. Okay. Or not through a dating site. A lot of people think that first. We actually were doing online activism. Oh, even better. Yeah. No, but I'm, only because this is incredible. A lot of people underestimate still the connections of just joining organizations or things that you're passionate about, how you can exactly. meet someone. Exactly. I mean, the thing is you cut through a lot of bullshit when you go straight for the value set mm -hmm. that you are and you're involved in groups where people share your values. Yeah. Because now you know that you're working with a subset of people that are already, you know, checking off a lot of your boxes. Yeah. Share the same passions. Now, I did not... I wasn't involved in that to meet a man, but it ended up happening. And I was in Chicago and he was in California. Um, we ended up having a connection that we ended up liking each other virtually enough that we started doing phone calls and Skypes and then eventually travel. But uh, it was, we were having online meetings about awareness activism around uh, sustainability and education around what could be possible for the future if mm -hmm. we were to have a different kind of socioeconomic system. So it was kind of at a really now, if you, if you go back to earlier when you asked me, so what's one of your turn-ons? For me, <laughs> it's got to be a pretty high, like this, the, it, it has to be a guy who it can talk about really big things mm -hmm. and isn't turned off by that, can really dive in. So he, he fit that criteria. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love that your guys is, we're, we're sexting or freaky talk was like, I love this protest you're organizing right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, and we mostly organized. Uh, so my orientation to stuff is really what you resist persists. So if for activism, I would say the best way to do it is to do demonstrations. Demonstrations. And to invite conversations. And he was in that vein too. And so yes, we planned events and he was planning them here and I was planning them there and we would share tips um, back and forth. Uh, I was uh, more of a sort of uh, leadership role. We didn't really use that term. I was a coordinator, but um, he was uh, a chapter coordinator and I was a United States coordinator for this group. So I, which, I mean, it's still in existence. I'm just not a part of it. But um, what I liked about that also was is that he had admitted that he really liked that I was in that role as a strong woman and that mm -hmm. he really respected my views. And that was important to me because I'm a little bit of a strong woman. And yeah. so it's like, you have to have a guy who can be okay with that. And a lot of those guys, you know, have really good relationships with their strong mothers. Yeah. That's what I've found. Secu yeah. <laughs> secure men like secure women. Secure men like secure women. They will look for it. And that's where when you're vibing high, on like feeling good about yourself and what you could do. Like at that point when he, when we connected, I was at that place where I, a man or not, I was gonna enjoy my life. Like I was just in that headspace. Yeah, It was perfect because he was talking to me and I didn't have to read into it. It wasn't like we're in a fishbowl, like we gotta make this dating thing work. Like we're, we're sussing it out. Are you gonna date me or are you interested or not? It was really just innocent conversations about real life. Like related to what we were passionate about and the flirtation started to happen and then it was <laughs> i like the way you hold that a, picket sign girl. depending on who you ask <laughs> is that uh he will say that i started the flirtation and i will say that he started the flirtation 
I know which way he wants to paint it in his mind. <laughs> yeah, he likes to say that it was me first. Yeah, of course. He wanted his hot but he protesting was saying, body. This is what he said to me <laughs> that to me was the end. And I did not think of him because he lived far away. Yeah. So it, it freed me up to not resist. I was just myself, right? This is part goes back to it. When when you have to find them, when you have to make it into a relationship, that's a lot of pressure. No pressure here. He, we're just having conversations. You know, he's fun to talk to and a funny guy. I didn't even know what he looked like for the longest time. How did you get him into the same city as you though? Uh, well, I, you guys, I moved out here. So you moved for him. Yeah, okay. I moved for him. Uh, but part of how I was open to that is I had already a couple years before come out to visit some friends in LA considering it as a place to live. Got it. So it's almost like the universe was kind of already lining that up for me. So it yeah. didn't feel unnatural for me to then consider it after he said to me, this was his flirtation thing was, he said, are you dating anyone? We were just having conversation about logistics mm -hmm. and sharing tips and stuff. And I said, no. And his next response was, well, that's a crime. Ooh. Now tell me that isn't him coming. I'm t so then all of a sudden I jolted out of like, and then I realized, oh my gosh, like this could, like I didn't even think of him <laughs> in any romantic sense until he inserted that. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like this just came out of nowhere. And I started, then I started asking myself how I feel about this guy. And then, you know, he, he says, well, you know, I am pretty good looking. Now we were only doing voice chat. We hadn't even shared, this was long enough before I wasn't religiously on Facebook at that time. Mm -hmm. But then he was like, well, let's connect. And I was like, yeah, let's see what he looks like. He thinks he's good looking, you know. <laughs> Either he's cocky or he's good looking. I mean, I don't know, or both. And a little of both is the answer to that. So, um, <laughs> right. He's confident and women like confident men. Mm -hmm. And he knew, and he, he was just playing too. Like he didn't know it would go anywhere at that time. And that's probably why he didn't think it was on until I responded. Yeah. So that's why he thinks, oh, it was on because I threw it out there. Right. But then she responded and then he had that moment of, oh, whoa, whoa, she just responded. Right. This could be real. Right, this could be real. So that's why we had different moments of who. Oh my gosh, I love this love story though. It is so cute. I love this. Cause you know, people like to hear the love story because also too, it helps give men and women hope of, you know, that that person's still out there or, you know, that it could be in, you know, some a passion project of theirs or the workplace or, you know, cause people still want to, people still have the notion of idea of, oh, we're going to meet in the grocery store. It may not always be like that. So I like <laughs> to hear a variety of other stories People so in Ralph's it was right actually now, online, like, not online dating, but it was online, folks. <laughs> you know, <Okay. laughs> you know, when I was in there, it, it wasn't the grocery store; it was the bookstore. Oh, got but you. But the bookstore had a coffee shop, so it was like you know people were coming and going. That's hilarious. That was the, the, <laughs> the thought. bookstore. I mean, I would just say this: it's best to put your, if you're going to just be putting yourself out there, and you have you're not even you know setting up dates; you're just wanting to expose yourself to like other people that go with, I, I do recommend going to places where people share your values and mm -hmm. things you're passionate about and really have, be there for the right reason. Be there for the, for the thing you're passionate about because it takes the pressure off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, guys, take this advice. Okay, we're gonna wrap up. You're gonna tell us really quick the second part of The Naked Truth. If you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Ooh, hmm. Any superpower? Oh, that's a lot of responsibility. 
What would it be? You mean you and your husband have only had the zombie apocalypse conversation? I know, Never the superpower conversation? You know, I start to go big and think, you know, world peace, but I also am aware that we're all here experiencing and expanding in growth. Like that's part of the experience. And I wouldn't want to ruin that part of the experience. This is where my mind goes. Like, right. You're, talk, go you're talking wishes. I'm talking superpowers thing. like Super- Marvel, DC. <laughs> I know. You know X-Men. Like, I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> I think I would just want instant teleportation. I think I would okay, just want I love to that be <laughs> where I can just, uh, you know, be anywhere I want to be at any time, just with a wish. Ooh, I love that one. That's a good one. Because then you don't have to pay for like airline tickets. Exactly. <laughs> you're not in traffic. You're not even wor- like that's better than first class. Okay. You're going to give us one more. If you could travel back in time and relive the best thing that ever happened to you, what time period would this be? When is this? What are we reliving? Best thing that ever happened. I would get to come back though, right? Oh just yeah, you get to go back. <laughs> you're okay, just, you're just reliving back. this know, for the day. I'm, I'm overthinking <laughs> this exercise. I apologize. So I was thinking of something that was really high because I haven't had any kids. I'm, I'm actually not interested in having kids. Um, you know, I, I'm a dog person, but... Um, We're going to have I, one other episode on that for you to come back to. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. There was a time creatively where I wrote a play and I was in the audience watching it be performed. It was a comedy and the entire audience was just uproariously laughing Ooh. at what I wrote, and they didn't know I was in the audience. Yeah. So it was all le- authentic. And that moment was such a high for me because mm. it was sort of like uh, being sort of in that place of my imagination when I was creating it and amusing myself, but with, I mean, it was a small theater, so it might have been like, Oh, 150 other people. Still accomplishment. That Hello. we're having the same experience. Yeah. So it was more for the experience. It wasn't the gratitude or the like, oh my God, I brought this to life. There's something about the community of that, like we're sharing and like an amusement because otherwise I was by myself when I wrote it mm-hmm. and it was funny then, but there was something about like, this is funny because it's universally funny. Ah. There's something about... So it was more laughing with them than it was like, oh my God, seeing that my play too, come I mean, to fruition. That too was there, Got so you. maybe okay. that makes it elevated. But then I also think another experience I would go back to, and this is not allowed perhaps, but <laughs> what would be was I was in a chorus one, with a lot, of, a lot of voices and we hit a certain chord progression that was so angelic that it was like otherworldly. And it like, it was an, elate, like an elated emotion in it. And I started having almost... Uh, visions that from it like it was just Mm. from that was um sounds like you were in a hypnotic state exactly (laughs) so yes musicians and athletes know all about the trans states see now now we get it folks (laughs) now i would go back to those trans moments of being on that focused high i love it i love it yes okay you guys learned a lot today we're going to take all of these spicy tips that she dropped on us okay let us know where everybody can find you where they can utilize your services um your all your platforms go ahead I'm going to give you my main one, which is my website. So it's hard to pronounce for a lot of people, but it's that acronym, Silcape Media. I'm sorry. That's also one of mine. Silcape Method. Silcape Media is actually for the book publishing. I have published some other stuff, recording and things like that. But 
SilcapeMethod.com, and that's spelled this way, S-Y-L-C-A-P-E, method.com. And that's where you can find my services, uh, mostly in Los Angeles. I've occasionally done Skype sessions with people, but I prefer to do in person. Okay. You like the intimate connection intimate. in person. My, I would say my Instagram is at Jen, J-E-N underscore wilding, spelled W-I-L-D-I-N-G. I love it. And you guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Spicy Madi. You can go to the spicylife.com for all of our services and um, any coaching that you need, any matchmaking. In addition, make sure that you download us, send us to a friend, uh, educate them. Knowledge is power. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.